few years ago, I was diagnosed with a form of cancer and was treated. The treatment was successful, but I found it hard to enjoy that success because I was afraid my cancer would return. Once a year, I'm required to take a blood test to make sure that my condition hasn't changed. During the weeks that lead up to the test, I always find it hard to concentrate. I feel agitated and unfocused. I'm busy, but not productive. In Luke 21:34, Jesus warns, Be careful, or your hearts will be weighed down with carousing, drunkenness, and the anxieties of life, and that day will close on you suddenly like a trap. According to Jesus, we can waste our energy in worrying just as easily as we can on carousing. This anxiety is a peculiar form of sloth. The stereotype of sloth is a lazy person, someone who won't get off the couch or get out of bed in the morning for work. But sloth is much larger than the stereotype. The way of sloth is a path of ill-conceived shortcuts and ignored responsibilities. Sloth practices neglect under the guise of simplicity and mistakes apathy for ease. Sloth is a sin of omission, but that doesn't necessarily mean that sloth is inactive. Sloth is a sin of rationalization. Those who ignore responsibility always have an excuse for not doing what they're supposed to do. Sloth exerts the minimum required effort and would prefer to exert no effort at all. When sloth makes an effort, it is usually under duress. Sloth is listless and half-hearted. Imagine the worst stereotype of the sort of service that we receive at a bureaucratic hub like the Division of Motor Vehicles, and you have a picture of sloth. Sloth seems like a pretty harmless sin compared to the sort of things that others do. We kind of admire it. That is, until we have to depend upon a slothful person, or we're put in a position where we have to work with them, or we're standing in line and they wait upon us. The sin that the ancients called sloth includes laziness, but it involves more. Sloth can manifest itself in many forms. At times, it looks like ennui and a mobilizing lethargy that leeches away our interest in those things that ought to concern us. But sloth can also be active and profligate, causing us to squander our time and energy on meaningless trifles at the expense of other obligations. Sometimes, sloth is the person who can't get off the couch, but it is also the person who won't sit down. When sloth manifests itself as agitation, it's filled with the kind of empty activity that fails to produce results, rest, or even pleasure. The agitation of sloth is to work what junk food is to nutrition. It burns hot, but adds no value. We're busy, but busy about the wrong things. In its agitated form, sloth is a particular form of dissipation, squandering our energies in empty pursuits. These may be pursuits of the flesh, the concerns of ordinary life, or even misguided spiritual pursuits. Sometimes this agitated form of sloth is situational. It's the result of circumstances. Some situation comes into our lives over which we have no control, a family crisis or a medical diagnosis. Things change at work and we're uncertain of how it will affect us. And suddenly we find ourselves in a new normal. In other cases, it's the result of temperament. Some of us have a natural tendency to worry about things that are purely hypothetical. Our anxiety springs from things that might take place. 
It does little good to remind ourselves that none of these things has actually happened to us yet. It's the possibility that grips us, not the actuality. In these cases, sloth is not so much a matter of laziness as it is paralysis. Anxious sloth can also have the opposite effect, so that we exhaust ourselves in an attempt to prepare for all the possibilities and ignore the bread-and-butter concerns of daily life. I've learned from painful experience that anxiety adds no value to my life. The anxiety I feel will not change the outcome of the test, nor can it prepare me to face a relapse of my cancer should it come to pass. Anxiety only drains my energy and distracts me from the things that I need to do. Anxiety creates an environment where sloth can flourish by pointing out our helplessness without pointing us in the direction of God's loving care or powerful support. Anxiety whispers in our ear each night, but not in reassuring tones. Its counsels are counsels of despair. We think that the solution to this problem is more power or a change in our circumstances, but Jesus points us in a different direction. He urges us to view our powerlessness through the lens of faith. Look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or store away in barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? Can any one of you, by worrying, add a single hour to your life? The implied answer to Jesus' first question is yes. We are much more valuable than the birds of the air who are cared for by our Heavenly Father. The answer to his second question is no. Worrying cannot add a single hour to your life. In Luke's version, Jesus adds, Since you cannot do this very little thing, why do you worry about the rest? The impossible thing for us is a very little thing to God. But that doesn't necessarily mean that God will always give us what we want. What it does mean is that God will always have our back. What does this truth mean for those of us who sometimes suffer from the paralysis of worry? It means that the God who gives us our life as a gift will sustain that life until it is time for him to reclaim it. I know that the day is coming when my body will eventually fail me. My cancer may never come back. Indeed, I hope and pray that it doesn't. But sooner or later, my body will betray me. My heart or my lungs will give out. Some unexpected disease will claim me. Or my aging body will call it a day and quietly shut down. My body will betray me, but God never will. The fact that we are not in control does not necessarily mean that things are out of control, even when things are at their worst. Os Guinness has said, Sloth is so much the climate of the modern age that it is hard to recognize as a deadly sin. Guinness calls sloth the underlying condition of a secular era. He might also have said the same of agitation. Agitation is so much the climate of the modern age that we don't recognize it as agitation. It's simply the environment in which we live. It is also the underlying paralysis which keeps our culture in a perpetual state of motion but which does not deliver us to any satisfying destination. Our agitation is actually pretension. It is a disguise we wear for our own benefit, a mere affectation we use to persuade ourselves that we have more power than is truly the case. And in my own case, it is a kind of sedative which I use to distract myself from the fear that I feel. Because in the end, it's not cancer that I fear, 
but death. And the only remedy for death is Jesus Christ. He is the one who shared our humanity so that by his death he might break the power of him who holds the power of death, that is the devil, and free those who all their lives were held in slavery by their fear of death. Even though I cannot always feel the truth of this promise, I have staked my life on it and my death.